everyone, we may take our seats. Thank you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the way today. We thank you that it's falling on good ground. We thank you that our hearts are ready. And we thank you that you are so good. You've always been good and you continue to be good. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, before I start sharing, I really want to honor our lead pastors, Pastor John and Kelsey. I know that is, in as much as they are not here with us, their hearts are with us. So we just want to love on them. We want to shout out and say we love you, we honor you, and we are so humbled by your love. And we also want to celebrate the almighty God who is here with us, who enables us to be so we honor our Father in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we are still on the same series, Mystical Community. Who is enjoying? So awesome. So today we are going to talk about being rooted. I've titled my message, Rooted. Yeah? So the basic definition of rooted is origin of something right? You find that, especially nowadays, you have people who talk about their roots. They say, I'm Zimbabwean, but my roots are in Asia, right? So it's being, it's um, an origin for something. And the other definition is being strongly or family grounded. Yeah? Okay. So today's subject is going to be um, centered on being rooted in Christ. What does it mean to be rooted in Christ? It means to be established in faith, to have strong faith and reliance on Jesus Christ. It means you have your roots grounded in Christ, amen? So I think to bring this closer to home, I'm going to talk about roots, okay? As the name suggested, being rooted, it's, it, stem, it stems from the word roots. So roots are the lifeline of any plant, right? Agreed, yeah? So... What is a root? A root is that part of a plant that is attached to the ground. That enables the plant to have life. Correct? And why are roots important? Have you seen that when you plant a seed, uh, first of all, it dies, it cracks, it opens up. What comes out first? What emerges first is the root before the stem shots. So it first goes down before it starts coming out. Right? So that's the root that comes out. And the purpose of that is so that this plant is grounded. This plant has support. This plant has a connection for food. This plant has sustenance. That's why the root comes out before the plant itself. All right. So roots, they absorb water and nutrients from the soil. They also anchor the plant family. I'm sure you have seen, this has always astounded me really. You have seen um, plants, alright, that grow maybe next to a tarmac or a dural hole and then over time you see the tarmac cracking or the dural hole actually cracking to a point that they have to uproot the tree to maintain that. It's because the roots are powerful, right? As long as the roots have been established, you cannot stop the plant from growing to a point that anything that stands in the way of the roots is destroyed. And you've seen, I'm sure those who have traveled, you've seen uh, in rocky places or rocky mountains, you see a big tree that is in between a rock and the rock is cracking because there's a tree that is growing. And you don't see the roots because the roots are deep under, but because of the power that is in the roots, the tree continues to grow and it causes the rock to break or to, to expand, right? So that is the power that is in the roots. And they help in the storing of food. I'm sure we all know seasons change, right? Uh, leaves shed off in autumn and all that, but the tree still stands. The next rain season, you see leaves sprouting. You see fruit coming out. Where is that source of food coming from? It's coming from the roots. The plant itself has no, has no source of energy or reserve for food if it's not connected to the ground. I'm sure we've seen roses that are plugged out, right? The roses we gift each other. The moment you, you pluck them out from the stem, they can only last so, so much, maybe a week max. And then you have to trash them. 
because they don't have a source of continuous uh, food and energy, right? It dies. So that's the power of the roots. And the roots transport water and nutrients throughout the plant. Why am I talking about all this? We are talking about being rooted and I'm laying a foundation for us all to understand what it means to be rooted and the importance of being rooted in Christ. I'm going to read from the book of Jeremiah chapter 17 from verse 7 to 8. It says, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Amen. That's so powerful. So we just want to look through this verse. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in the Lord. Right? It talks about who is the blessed man, the one who has his trust in the Lord, who is anchored in the Lord, and that man is blessed. Why is this man blessed? And then he is likened to a tree that is planted by the water. And he says this tree sends its roots by the stream. Right? And it does not fear when heat comes. What is heat? The challenges that we encounter, the changes in the season, right? Its leaves are always green. I'm sure you can testify to this. We've all seen the, the trees that grows by the streams of waters, right? Even when it's peak of winter or when it's autumn, regardless of the season, they are always, always green, right? It's because of where they are planted. If you take the same tree, plant it somewhere in the desert, it doesn't grow the same. Agreed. Because the conditions are different. Where it is planted is different. Where the roots are is different. So the man who trusts in the Lord is like that man whose roots are in the streams of water. Jesus is the living water, right? Yeah. The plant is, he has roots in, grounded in the, in the streams of water. And that tree has no fear. That's really important. It doesn't say that the storms don't come, seasons don't change, but it says the tree has no fear. It's the position of the tree in relation to the changes in the atmosphere. So we cannot stop seasons from changing. We cannot stop disasters from happening. We cannot stop all the dangers from happening. But what is the difference? The difference is my condition when this is happening. I do not fear because I am grounded in Christ. I am like that tree that is planted in the rivers of water, right? I have no fear for what comes. So that's really profound. And it says, that tree never fails to be a fruit. Wow, that's so powerful, right? It never, it never fails to be a fruit. I'm sure you have seen in some seasons, trees that do not be a fruit. Or you're surprised probably in, your, in another country, for example, I'll give a, a lame example. For example, mangoes. Where I come from, you know mangoes really grow big. And then you go to another country and you see these tiny mangoes. Why is that? It's because of where the tree is planted, right? Probably if you take the same tree, go plant it where you've seen it flourishing, it will be a fruit. In my country, we don't really have a lot of dates. They don't really grow. When I came here, I was surprised to see massive dates. It's because of where those trees are planted. They are not conducive. It's not a conducive environment for them to, to grow and to produce fruit at an, up, an optimum level, right? So one who is planted in Christ, who is grounded in Christ, never fails to produce fruit. And I really want to touch more on that. Producing of fruit is not dependent on the ability of the tree but on the ability of the root to give sustenance to the tree. So there's no effort from the tree to say, okay, I'm going to go out, look for, you know, light, water, everything that I need for me to grow and to be a fruit, right? Where the tree is planted is where it produces. Correct, right? So sometimes you feel like, um, I've been in the Lord for a long time. I do not see this happening. And you want to step out and check out what's happening out there. I'm sure you have seen it in the Bible when the children of Israel were walking and they, 
they had moved to the promised land and they were in the good land that they were promised by the Lord. They, they were tempted to try and check out what other gods are like. You know, moments where you have to wait and see. And then you think, while I'm in waiting, let me just go and check out what happens next door. Right? You cannot, a, a, a person who is not of one mind cannot be a fruit. A double-minded person cannot be a fruit, right? So it's the same thing. The tree that is planted in the rivers of water never fails to produce fruit. So right there as you're sitting, I want to ensure you that you never fail to produce fruit. Because it is not in your power to produce fruit. It is in the power of where you are anchored. And you are anchored in the living waters. The living waters is Jesus. As long as you are rooted in him, it's impossible for you to not be a fruit. Right? So sometimes you, you have expectations set for yourself. You've been trying to love, right? You've been trying to overcome hurt, bitterness, and all that. And you think, I'm not getting anywhere. Right? Continuing on from what Pastor John said, it's not you, it's the love in you that loves the next person. So sometimes we strive so much to see the manifestation and the outcome of the fruit of God in us by trying to see it in the physical. It's not how it works. You need to be there, be rooted, allow the process to work, and you see the fruit manifesting. Imagine a mango tree planted in the first year and it's expecting to be a fruit. Is that possible? No, right? But what causes, what causes it to be a fruit? Being continuously planted in the same place. If someone comes and uproots the tree and casts it out, will it produce fruit? No. So the power is not in the plant, it's in the root. It's where you are rooted. Where are you planted? And that's where you have uh, the benefits, right? That's where you see the result. That's where you experience the goodness of God. So I'm going to talk about us being rooted in Jesus Christ, being founded and rooted in him and being able to stand firm regardless. It's easy to be rooted when everything is going on okay, when we are celebrating. But when the seasons change, it's, it's also challenging to a point you, you start questioning, right? You, you start thinking if there are other solutions out there, if there are other ways of doing things differently. So what does it mean to have a solid foundation in Jesus Christ? Once when Jesus was here on earth, he, he gave a story, a parable of the sower who went out to sow seed, right? And he talked about the different types of soil where the, plant was, the seeds were planted. I'm going to read it so that we can have the context and you'd understand when I start explaining, okay? So it says, um, this is uh, from Matthew, okay? And it says, then he told them many things in parables saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was so shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good ground, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Okay, we'll elaborate on this, but now we are just talking about the different types of soil where the seeds were planted. The seed was the same, right? Because it's one farmer who is sowing, scattering the seed. And because of where each seed fell, it determined the outcome of that seed. And I really like where it says um, that one of the, seed, of the seeds withered because it did not have deep roots, right? It had no root. So it's not so much your ability. The seeds were the same, agreed. And the farmer was the same, agreed. But the outcome was dependent on the soil. It was not dependent on the plant. It's where the plant is right. Okay. So with no roots, there is no life. We agree. The moment you remove the roots, then there is no life. You might, you might sprout up, but as challenges come, there is, no, there is no growth. You naturally die. Life is in the roots. Life is in the roots. And the funny thing is, 
It's not often when you get to see the roots of a tree, right? It's normally hidden underground. Not always do you see the roots. In cases where I've talked about where you see the, the tar cracking and all that, when the roots have to be forceful and come out, those are the situations where you might see the roots. But most of the trees that we see here in Dubai, we know that the roots are down under, but you don't see them. Yeah? So in that, I'm going to challenge each one of us. God is in you. You don't have to see him. And you don't have to think, where is he? You don't have to feel anything. It's the way it is. For you to function the way your function is because he is in you. He's causing you to be. There is no way a plant can doubt whether it has roots, right? How is it standing? How is it anchored? How, how is it founded? That's the same with us. There's no need for us to ever doubt if we have a source of life. If we are rooted in the ground that we are in, we know that we are in Christ. He is our source. My roots are in him. He's the one who's giving me life. If I was not on good ground, I would have been dead, right? But because I'm on good ground, it means I have roots and I'm rooted in him. Those roots are my faith and my confidence in Christ. So sometimes you ask yourself, I don't think I have faith for this. You do have faith. This is why Jesus said you only need faith as small as a mustard seed. That's how minute faith you need. So that means you have the faith. You are anchored. You just need to stay there and expect and have that belief that you are in Christ and is doing a good thing in you and through you. Right? So we, we, we have read about this parable and how different trees could not bear fruit. And the one that, was, that fell on good ground. The reason why it bear fruit is because it had the ability to germinate, right? And how does it germinate? Roots first and then it starts growing up. So it had roots. That's why. That's why it was able to bear fruit. Right? And I do understand that in this context, Jesus continued and he said, it's about the word. How do you receive the word? Right? And that's so related to what we are going to talk about today. Because you may be wondering, so how do I have roots in Christ? How, how can I be rooted in Christ? I am in a community. I'm functioning in a community. I'm hearing the word of God every week. But how do I be a fruit? How do I become rooted in Christ? We are rooted in Christ through the word. His word. He is the word, right? John 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was, God, was with God and the word was God. So his word is him. All right? In the book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, the Bible says, Therefore, everyone of you who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Who is the rock? Jesus is the rock. Again, it's a firm foundation, right? So it's about hearing the word. And you are blessed because you do hear the word, right? You're sitting here, you're hearing this word, and it's working in you because the word of God has power to bring itself to pass. The word of God is so powerful. It is true. It is alive. It is, live, it is living, right? Sharper than any two-edged sword. So as you are sitting here absorbing this word, it is transforming you. How many of us can testify that you are not the same as you were two years ago? You react differently to situations. Do you ever sit and think when a situation comes and says, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Or it becomes natural over time to not panic even when everything is going wrong. How is that? You have heard his word time and again and you have believed the word and now the word is working through you. Imagine when you started coming to Christ. Were you so confident to say, I can declare healing over the next person? Or you would not. You would just say to mama it in your heart and believe that it will work. But think of how you boldly walk up to a stranger you don't know and you release word of prophecy. You, you speak the word of knowledge to them. How is that? What has changed? Has someone followed you and said, you know what, starting from today, when you meet someone, you need to do this. No, right? 
How is it possible? It's because the word has power in itself to bring itself to pass. That's how powerful the word of Jesus is. Because he is the word, when you allow him to come in and be resident in you, he will start functioning in you. Again, do you ever sit and say, okay, now I have to say something. What do I say? What do I say? And you crack your head. Oh, it has become so natural. You get that nudge and you walk up to the next person and you say, I don't know you, but I want to say this. Or you just go with a bottle of water to someone who needs water. How do you know that? Do you get a tingling in your hands or do, you, do your eyes twitch? Is there a signal that comes to you? No. It's because the word of God resides in you and you allow the roots of the word to go deep and you are rooted in Christ, you are anchored in Christ. Why do we declare that we are in a cancer-free zone? Why do you so much believe that? It's because you have allowed the word, you have allowed the word to sink in and bear fruit in you. And this is why we see testimonies of people being healed of cancer, right? So powerful. And the same word, uh, in the book of Psalm, I really like what Mark said, you know, earlier, Pastor Mark, he said he really loves David. There's no man like David. And he also said in the book of Psalms chapter 1, from verse 2, he says, but his delight, he talks about a man who walks not in the counsel of the God, ungodly, right? But he said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law, he meditates upon day and night. And he is like a tree again, a tree planted by the rivers of water that bears fruit in its season. It's the man who delights in the law of the Lord. What is the law of the Lord? The word of God. So I know, right, there are times when you're reading books like Joshua where you're talking about the allocation of land and then they talk about, you know, to Ishmael they gave this portion and they run down three or ten cities that you don't understand. At the end they say 24 cities. And you're thinking, oh man, even the book of Joshua, I have to read it? Huh. Right? I remember once we were in, in, in uh, one of our life group meetings and someone quoted from the book of Joshua. I opened up my ears to hear what they were saying. And it was really powerful. You know, in the book of Joshua, it says that Caleb confessed and said, he was talking to Joshua. He was said, I'm still as strong as I was 40 years ago. He was 85 years then. I was like, oh, there's benefit in reading the book of Joshua as well, right? It talks about long life. So there is power in the word of God. Even when you read from the book of Exodus and all that and you think you don't understand. You do not always need to understand. The word is power in itself to bring itself to pass. So you are anchored. You become rooted in Christ when you spend time meditating on the word. The word goes beyond the Bible. Even the word that is taught week in, week out. It changes your life. It changes your perspective on how you see things, how you understand God. Right? And then you step out to practice it. You've heard about love, right? And you do not walk around holding, harboring anger in you. The next person you meet, that person you are not really in good relationship with, you just be there with them and allow the love of God to work out its way. Right? That's so powerful. And I remember when uh, you read the Bible as well, when Moses is talking to Joshua and God even reiterates this when Joshua is taking over from Moses now and he's taking the children of Israel into the promised land. And the Bible says, God says to Joshua, be courageous, be strong and be courageous. Let not this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night and observe to do what is written in it and then you will have good success. So that's the solution. How, do you, how are you anchored in Christ? Through his word. As you continue in his word and as you continue to meditate. And when you talk about meditation, right? It's when you continuously, continuously think about, allow it to sink in. That is meditate, meditation. When you block out and everything else and you allow something to grow and to intensify in you. We can all meditate, by the way. Have you ever had a challenge in your life? And do you remember how much you thought about it and how much you couldn't sleep? That was meditation. 
So we've all meditated at some point. You can't say, I can't meditate. You know, meditation is so powerful that sometimes you meditate even at work. When you're supposed to be busy and you have something that is is preoccupied in your mind, you cannot focus. It's a form of meditation. So I know sometimes you feel like, I need a closed space, lights out, sit, close my eyes, and then hear God. It happens even as you're walking. What is going on? What is the dominant thought in your mind? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about that situation? Because the more you think about it, the more you exalt it. But the reason why you do not have fear is because you are preoccupied with meditating on the Lord. You are occupying your mind with the ability of God in you more than what the situation is. This is how the tree overcomes, right? Because it's planted by the rivers of water. By the way, there are storms in water. The waters rage. A lot of things happen. But the reason why it has no fear is because it's anchored. It understands the tree knows. And the same thing with us, you know. You just know that you are protected. You just know that he is there. He's with you. Because you have read where it says he will never leave you nor forsake you. You've read where it says he chose you before you chose him. So you know that you're protected. It's that knowledge that causes you to not fear. Okay, I'm going to give another example again. It will bring things closer home. About fear, right? Um, Suppose you're walking out at night, right? And then um, a car is coming from behind. You know how you start seeing shadows of things. And then there's a tree. That looks like whatever it is that you may probably be scared of. You can be afraid of that, right? Why is that? It's because normally darkness is associated with creepy things. But if that same thing, same thing happened in the, during the day, it's just really cloudy, and a car comes behind you, the same thing happens. Do you see that image in your mind? No. It's the meditation of your mind. I'm talking about the meditation. What causes you to see differently is because at some point your mind is telling you it's night time. And in another incident, your mind is telling you it's daytime, so there's nothing that is happening. So what has only changed is what is in your mind. Do you know that the reaction of a snake catcher when they see a snake is different from the reaction of someone who is not familiar with snakes? The snake catcher advances towards the snake. Someone like me goes the other direction. Again, the snake is the same. What is the the difference? Me. And the difference is here. Right? So I'm just bringing it home about meditation. What do you meditate upon? When you meditate upon the authority of God and his power, you see things differently. You see that same snake differently. It still is a snake. Your reaction to it is different. Hence, you do not have fear. And hence, you do not shed your leaves unnecessarily. You've heard about seasons where they say, oh, it's inflation. And people are not progressing. They are holding on to their money, right? No investments and all that. And then after the inflation, you hear someone say, I bought this and did that and now I'm getting a profit from it. What is the difference? understanding of what inflation is. So when we are rooted in the word, when we meditate on the word of God, we have no fear of what happens because we know that in every situation we are more than conquerors. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world and he who is in me is able to tell me what I need to be doing and what time I need to be doing that. So that's really important. You should always be aware of your thoughts. Allow yourself to linger more in the presence of God. Allow your thoughts to see more the good of the goodness of the Lord. And he will work through you to bring things to pass. Amen. And another element is love, right? Again, who is love? God is love, right? So love is a word that we use often. We have experienced often and we say often. But Jesus said, one of the things he said before he went on a cross is to love one another, right? The great commission, to love one another. Love one another. Again, it's not, it's not something that you need to work in you. There are other people that are truly difficult. You try to love on them and they are so prickly and they always kick you out. 
But the love of God is spread to all. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to act differently to be accepted. You can love the way you are and you are lovable the way you are. If you allow the love in you to work through you, you can love, right? And you can receive love as well. When you love, it's easy to receive love. And love comes with forgiveness. Love comes with over, over, overseeing some person, someone's wrong, right? When you're not always conscious about what the next person did to me, why are they not this? Why are they? When you embrace people and love them, you love them in their mistakes, you love them in their weaknesses, you love them regardless. And you see transformation happening. Who agrees that in situations where they've experienced undeserved love, they changed? I'm sure once or twice in your lifetime you have experienced undeserved love and it made you to reconsider and it changed you. Right? And the love of God is like that. We all have the love of God. He loves us. His love for us never fails. So don't look at yourself and think I'm unlovable. I have done this and all that. The love of God is there. So when you are anchored in God, you are anchored in his love. In his unfailing love towards yourself first and other people. You can never outlove God. You can never sin enough for God to not love you. Right? I'm sure we have siblings, friends, relatives that have hurt us time and time again. And you almost know that they are going to do it again. Do you say I'm no longer your sister or your brother? It's enough, I'm done. We cut ties. I'm not going to talk to you again. You might say that verbally, but deep down in your heart, you love them. And there are moments when you miss them. And they, there are times when you actually get the nudging to say, go and say sorry to that person. Even when you're not wrong. When you only say that in moments of anger. It's because you love them. You can never ever do anything that take you away, can take you away from the love of God. So we need to allow that love to flow in us. And then we are anchored and rooted in Christ. I'm saying this because there are times when you feel like I have strayed. I've done something wrong. I can't go back to God. He will not accept me. I don't think, I don't think this is pardonable. And you choose to not accept the love, right? By doing that, you are not abiding in that love. You are just opening more doors. You are being prone to other things. And you are trying other things. I'll give an example. Have you seen that oftentimes, not probably to all of us, but when you do something wrong, your impulse reaction is to find consolation in something that you don't usually find consolation in. You're more inclined to take drugs or drink uncontrollably when you feel really down and disappointed about yourself. Rare are times when you're so proud of yourself and you think like, okay, let me take drugs or let me just, you know. You rarely overdose on drugs when you're really proud of yourself, right? It's because you're looking for Christ in the wrong things. He loves you. Rather than going and trying to hurt yourself, you'd rather just go back to the love. You're anchored anyway. It's a storm that was raging. Just go there. And just be in there. Receive the love and move on. You can do yourself good when you choose to be in the Lord than when you choose to step out and find solutions to yourself. By the way, it's a constant reminder to us, right, that we have always been bad. It's Jesus who makes us right, right? He's the one who cleansed us. Remember where the wild olives and he came and he took the wild branch, you know, and he put it on the vine. And that's how we became. We were adopted. We were not. We were without Christ. We were the Gentiles. But we were adopted. He loved us so much that he called us into sonship. You cannot nullify that relationship. So in every moment. Even in your deepest and your lowest moment. You have the courage to say father I love you. And I choose to be with you. I have done this but I have nowhere to go. Where can I run away from the presence of the Lord? Even if I go underwater you are there. I would rather just come to you. All these things are not a solution. I would rather bask in your presence. It's okay to go to him. He will love you. He's a loving father. He's not there to judge, to condemn, or to destroy you. 
But the moment you feel so condemned and step away, you're opening up to more danger to yourself. So being rooted and being grounded is when you even exercise your faith in moments where you feel like you are condemned. You need to just go back to the Father and say, Father, I, I believe I'm forgiven. I believe that the works on the cross did a good job and I can constantly come to you and ask for, repent, for forgiveness. And I know that I receive that repentance. Right? So it is important to experience the love of God. He loves us. There is never a time where he's so mad with us that he doesn't love us, right? The new covenant is a confession of his love towards us. His word is true, right? He cannot go against his word. So sin is not an issue. Who agrees with me? Sin is not an issue. You can never be moved from the presence of God because of sin. Go to the Lord with your sin and he will clean you up. Amen? And then we talk about faith. I did talk about faith earlier when I said even in your condemnation, have faith that the Lord forgives. So what does the Bible say? The Bible encourages us to trust in the Lord. You remember the whole armor of the Lord when, he, when uh, uh, Paul talks about put on the whole armor of the Lord. And he says put on the shield of faith. Right? That stops the fiery darts of the enemy. It's when you have faith, that's when you are anchored in the Lord and you have no fear for what is outside. I was reading a story of another tribe uh, back in the, in the olden days where they used to fight with bows and arrows, right? And then they said, um, this story was like in that tribe, um, an, a soldier was not punished for losing either their arrow or any weapon they use for fighting. But if they lost their shield or dropped their shield in battle, they would be punished. You know what? Because the arrow only protected them, but the shield protected everyone else. Right? So your shield is a guard against anything else that can come to you. When you have the solid faith, you know, storms comes, wind Whatever you can think of, even when moments when you are really down and you have that faith that I am, I am a child of God. I'm in prison, but I am a child of God. I've lost a beloved one, but I am a child of God. You know, when you are at your lowest, you have done the worst thing you can imagine. That shield is an anchor. It protects you. So when we have faith in the Lord, the Bible says in the book of um. Proverbs chapter 3 uh, from verse 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your soul. In all your you do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord and you will direct your path, right? So it's moments when you trust the Lord and you say, God, I choose you in every situation. There are times when you are given an option. One option is probably to bribe and you, you don't have any way out. But you say, Lord, I choose to. I choose to linger and wait to hear from you. We've heard a lot of testimonies where people were given an option to bribe and they chose not. And over time, they won these cases. You've learned about, we've heard testimonies about someone who wanted to sell their land, right? And they, they were supposed to give a bribe for this transaction to happen. They chose not and the Lord came through for them, right? It's trusting in the Lord. Some trust in their horses, others trust in the chariots, but we trust in the Lord. You don't, need, you don't need money to anchor you in confidence, but you need God. I'm sure majority of us have testimonies where they achieved things without money. Where God came through in different ways for them and they did amazing things. So why is it that sometimes we lose sleep over money? Why is it sometimes when your rent is due or is overdue, you, you lose sleep and you think, where am I going to get the money? You don't need the money. You need the, to trust in the Lord. He has so many ways to provide for you. The Lord is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which we think or imagine, according to the power that is at work in us. Where am I planted? Where is my position in Christ? Do I trust him to come in this situation? You've been looking for employment for a long time. You've had that condition for a long time and you've seen others receiving their healing and you're thinking, where is my time? Probably it doesn't work like this. But when you choose to trust in the Lord, 
they that wait upon the Lord are renewed in strength. They mount up with wings like eagles. The Lord is never late. It's not like a train where you say, oh, I've missed the 3.15, I have to wait for the 5.15. It's never like that. You might see someone who goes far ahead and you follow them and overtake them because the Lord works in ways we cannot see. He's always on time. He's always there. Have you ever wondered why the children of Israel were in bondage for over 400 years? And in one night, the Israelites let them, the Egyptians let them go. Generations of slavery. And then in one day, they say, you know what, God? You want God? Take God. Take whatever you, you can. Whatever you want, please just leave. But a few months before that, they were slaves. So God is never late. When you, when you trust him and when you have faith in him, when you choose him over every situation, you know you work things out in your, in your favor. Right? So each time you see a situation that you consider a mountain, tell that mountain how good God is. Don't meditate on that mountain. The dead come to life. Right? Diseases are healed in Christ. Right? Deaths are canceled in Christ. How can we not believe that he cancels death when he canceled our death of sin? There's no date as great as sin. He canceled that. How do I not believe that God can cancel my, my debt? He is able to do that. I just challenged someone who has a debt that they feel is overwhelming. They've been trying by their own means, maybe probably taking two jobs, giving away all their salaries. And you might think, oh my God, I didn't make the right decision. I borrowed money. I did that. I want to challenge you right now to submit it to God. Allow him to cancel it. You don't need money for a debt to cancel. You, to be canceled, you need God. So right now I'm challenging anyone who feels they have a debt that they have a financial debt especially. Believe God for cancellation. He's able to do that. Not all debts are paid. Some are canceled. Some are exempted. I release that right now. Amen. And then I'm going to talk about being thankful. Wow, nothing beats a gratitude, right? A grateful heart. Just being grateful in every season. Fine, I've had one meal today, but I thank you I had one meal. I only drank water today. I thank you that I'm still alive. I'm living on water, but I'm alive. The other people are eating seven meals a day, but they are still malnourished. My body is keeping me alive with one meal a day. I thank you, Lord. It's a heart of gratitude. Do you know that gratitude is not more so what you have, but the state of your heart? There are people who have millions. There are people who have everything they desire, but they are ungrateful. And there's someone, you look at them and you wonder, why are they so grateful? They are wearing tattered shoes, but they thank God for those shoes. Gratitude is not what is happening. It's the state of your heart in every situation. Whether it is raining, whether it is not raining. You know, regardless of the situation, I'll be grateful to the Lord. I'll praise the Lord. This is why Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. Always I say rejoice. And he was writing that at the point when he was in prison. He is the one who is limited, who is restricted, who is bound. And he's telling people who are out and free to say rejoice in the Lord. Always rejoice. We have no reason to not rejoice. Whether you are bound to a wheelchair, whether you've been waiting for your miracle for years, rejoice. Be grateful, be thankful to the Lord. Rejoice in him, for in him all things are possible, right? I'm sure you've all experienced this when you've done a kind act to someone and they are so thankful that you, you also, you know, catch on the vibe and you're wondering, oh my God, it was just a glass of water. But they celebrate it so much. They are so thankful. Imagine how you feel. So a gratitude, a heart that is full of gratitude is pleasing to the Lord. You are not always desiring. You know, it comes from a point of greediness when you're always looking around. Oh, I don't have this. Oh, I don't have that. Why is that happening? It, it, it blocks your heart from seeing the goodness of the Lord. You know, I was listening to the word Pastor John taught two weeks ago about the remnant. 
only when he was talking about it, that's when I re realized I looked back two years ago and I thought to myself, oh, he brought me through that situation. It's easy to think about the challenges you went through rather than how he brought you out of that situation. During that time, like most people, we also experience, you know, salary cuts. We also experience a lot of privileges being taken away. And, you know, you had more expenses, low income. And then two years later, you look back and you say, how did I, how did I pass through that? It's God. How, how do you explain that? It's only the goodness of God. So it takes a heart that says, Lord, I thank you. I'm just walking right now. I don't know where I'm going, to be honest. But I thank you. I thank you that I had a meal. Because there are other people who didn't live through to see the outcome of that. There are other people who lost even, you know, relationships. They lost everything they had in a moment of strong tides. But you are here. Whether you are broken or you're not, you are here. You chose to be here. Whether you are limping or not, you chose to be here. Because your heart says, Lord, I thank you. I don't see the outcome right now, but I know it is well with my soul. I trust in the Lord. My heart trusts in the Lord. I lean on him. I don't trust my judgment. I trust him. So that's really powerful. When we have a heart that is full of gratitude. You may have tried one thing and you have tried it for years and it's not working. And you still say, Lord, I thank you. I don't know how long I'm going to be trying out this, but I choose to say thank you. I'll wait on you to help me through this season. So it's really powerful when our hearts are anchored. That's what it means to be rooted in Christ. It's when you are so grounded in him that nothing can, can steer you in any direction. You might hear of another way of achieving things better or you might be told of a quick scheme that works quicker and you say, oh, now choose to wait on the Lord. I'll choose to wait on the Lord. Thank you for this idea, but I'll choose to wait on the Lord. I'm not in for quick schemes. I, I'm in for a marathon because I know I am happy in who I am in. I am confident. I'm not going anywhere, right? Being grounded is saying, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. And the funny thing is, no matter how much we try and run away, our roots remain. This is why we do DNA tests, right? My DNA will always tell me, I might think I'm from Zimbabwe, but if I am Tanzanian, my DNA will take me back to Tanzania. Right? So you can never run away from your identity. It's just choosing. Choosing to be rooted. But the honest truth is you can't run away. After running away, chasing your tail, you always find yourself in that place. So why not be firmly rooted? Firmly grounded? Be grounded in Christ, in the community that the Lord has given you. This is where we are planted. This is where you are. This is where you are flourishing and this is where you are becoming. Embrace that community. Become who you are supposed to be. I'm just challenging you right now. You can never really run away from Christ. Wherever you go, he is there because it's the foundation of your life. It's like your DNA. You can never run away from your DNA. You always know your roots. Your roots will always, your blood tells you who you are. And we have the blood of Jesus Christ. He's our DNA, right? So we always have him. Why try to run away? Why try to look for other solutions? Why try to look for other environments to grow in when you're already grounded and planted in their house? My encouragement is be rooted to a point of celebrating the community you are in. Be rooted to a point of bearing fruit in that community. There is no community that is too hard for you to bear fruit. Be it your workplace, the school you're going to, the house you're brought up in, every environment you are in. Not all environments are very comfortable, right? But be planted in the Lord and allow the fruit of God to come out, to manifest through you. Amen. I'm going to read from the book of Colossians. It sums up what we've been talking about. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, 
rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Amen. It says, just as you have received Jesus Christ, continue to live with him. You, when you say continue, it's something that is ongoing, right? It's a continuous process. It's ongoing. Continue to live it in him. Don't choose other options. Abide in him. Abide in him. That's what he says right in the book of John chapter 15. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. You cannot bear fruit in me, but when you abide in me and my word lives in you, you will bear fruit. So who is causing the fruit? To Who is bearing fruit? Is it you or him who is in, abiding in you? It's him. It's all about him. So there's no point of you changing your position because you're only fruitful because of him. So if what you want is being fruitful, if what you want is being in the Lord, be rooted in him. That's the only solution we have anyways. Because by ourselves, we are nothing. We only can do all things through him. So he says, continue to live in him. Rooted and built up in him. We talked about roots and we talked about that house that was built on the rocks, right? That withstood the pressures. He says, be built up in him. We talked about how powerful roots can destroy even tamas, can destroy even rocks as the tree is growing. It's the tree that is being built up, right? And be strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So I bless you with this word. Let's abide in the Lord. We are in the right place. We are rooted in Christ. That's the best place to be in. When we are there, we are built up. We continue to be strengthened. Storms will always come. Seasons will always change. But when we are planted by the rivers of water, we have no fear. Even for days to come because we have everything that we need to live. There is nothing that is surrounding you that is bigger or better than anything that was, has been experienced before. We talk about technology. We talk about whatever we think of. But Solomon says there is nothing new under the sun. So if there is nothing new under the sun, why do we sometimes fret and panic and want to stand out and try out things? Let's rest in the Lord. Let's be anchored. Let's allow the love of God to flow in us and help us to be. I bless you with that word. Amen.